I'm Dean Blandino, and you're listening to Scoop FM. Hello and welcome to Scoop FM, the official podcast of Dynasty League, the only league that counts. Yes, we're back to that. It is the only league that counts this year. It's another fantastic year. Very excited to get into it. Um, a little bit of a personal note for everybody. Um, yeah, you've been wondering, hey, we did this draft like a fucking month ago. Where's any podcast? Where's any hope? I'm going to try to do this as often as I can. I don't know. I have some career stuff going on. I may be uh, switching jobs here, starting at a new place. So my availability is sort of up in the air. But I wanted to get this out. I wanted to do some draft grades because it's an annual tradition. It's always fun. It's a nice preview right before the games start. And they're so close to tomorrow. Yes. Um, and this is a tough, tough, tough task to grade this class in particular because it's such a good class. I mean, literally, you know, I probably studied this harder than any other class for for obvious reasons, but looking at it, I just said, oh my God, there's so much talent up and down the board. So most of my grades are not necessarily, hey, I think this guy is bad, like he's going to stink. Like I don't have many, and it seems like everyone's afraid to, right? Like I I clearly remember the... uh, the 2017 class being like, you know, oh yeah, I, I I was really confident Baker would be good. You know, I, I thought Lamar would be good for fantasy. So I got him in fantasy. He's way exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, I hated Darnold. I thought he was going to be awful and I didn't like Josh Allen at all. <laughs> I thought Josh Rosen would be a pretty good starter. Like I remember feeling very confident in that, but you know, I, I'm also going to put out that last mock draft that I did right before our draft. And I think I gave a lot. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I think I gave a lot of my thoughts on the quarterbacks. But the reality is any of these guys can be good. And after preseason, everybody's looking at each other like, I don't even know how to rank these guys going forward. It seems like they all could be competent, right? And that's preseason. And we, as we know, most of this just depends on their teams and how their teams do, right? And that determines how successful they'll be and whether they'll be out of the league or they'll have a Tannehill situation or, you know, one of the, one of those situations, a Warner situation, who knows? So yeah, I mean, I can't really say, oh, this guy is going to bust. This was a bad pick. I can really just talk about the strategy and whether I agreed with it or not. So let's kick it off at number one. You heard my friend Dean at the top of the show introducing the podcast as he also introduced our draft, my first pick the night of, which was a fantastic surprise. Um, So I I love that. And as he announced the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, no surprise. I don't think that surprised anybody. And I give it an A minus. Why would I give it an A minus? Because if you had told me a year ago, dude, you're going to have 101, I would be like, oh, so what did I trade down? Like, I'm assuming I got a fucking treasure chest bounty. But the way that it worked out was there just was no opportunity to trade down. I mean, with with me and Nikki clogging up the top of the draft, it, there just wasn't a lot of movement, right? I mean, if more people had picks, sure, I could have gone to two or three and, you know, gone down to two and said, oh, okay, I don't need Trevor Lawrence. I can, you know, take Fields or Lance or something, you know, but there was just no opportunity to do that. 
So, uh, you know, I offered it to Nikki. I said, hey, you want to move up? I, I would, I, I'd consider moving up, right, for the right price. He wasn't really interested because he was like, hey, I can't be giving up capital, even though I think Lawrence could be good. I don't think he likes Urban Meyer. He thinks he stinks. So, you know, it just didn't happen. But that's, I give it an A minus because the potential of that and like the return you could get with that guy, you know, I, it felt like I should have done something to get more, but like I'm excited to see him play. I actually think like the Urban Meyer freak out is a little overblown. I think that there were spots in the preseason when they looked good in that really bad game. They were starting a rookie at left tackle because their guy was out or taking a break. I mean, but you know, he's back and they're in a shitty division. So, I, I, I still like Lawrence long term, and as I said in the other podcast, he's a safest. You could take a shot here, but he's a safest. And you, the one thing everybody wants to find that gem in the first round. Everybody wants a Justin Herbert or an Antonio Gibson, but like or a Justin Jefferson. The, but those are like you don't want your first round pick to bust. Like you just you don't want a JJ Arcega Whiteside. That's your number one concern. Okay, at the second pick, Nikki took Najee, but. Um, so yeah, he took Najee. I give that a B minus because I had Lance and Fields, uh, ranked ahead of him. I mean, I know that Nikki had a, a running back problem and basically opted, Hey, Najee's the best on the board. I'm going to get him. I'll get the last QB available and I'll, I'll tackle a lot of other running backs late. But I mean, I was making him an offer, uh, basically to, to, to move up from six to two. And, you know, I was hoping just to move up and add a first round pick or Chase Edmonds, you know, first round next year, Chase Edmonds, second round pick next year, whatever he really wanted. Um, And, it, it, you know, if he had taken that deal, he could have easily gotten ETN. Of course, we'll get to what happened to ETN, but he could have grabbed Javante there then. He could have had Trey Sermon. So he could have left this draft with a first next year, Chase Edmonds, ETN, Trey Sermon, Javante, like there was another path for him, which is why my my philosophy is not always everybody else's, but mine says, hey, Najee might be the best in this draft, but if you need depth, attack for depth and take the best player available. So if the best player on the board is Pitts or, or, or sorry, is Lance or Fields, either take that guy or move down and get capital because you just you just need to accrue value. Like don't don't draft for need. That's what I always say, even if you you have big needs. So that's why I give it a B minus, even though obviously I love Najee. Um, but yeah, and, and for those curious who were like, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't get a deal done. The offer I believe from from Nikki was he would give me, he would let me move from, oh, I can't remember. I think it was four to two to take Najee, but then I'd have to give up six. And so basically like when I, did the math in my head. Okay, so that means I'm going to get Najee and Lance or Fields, right? I'm going to get Najee and another quarterback. So in my mind, knowing how I wanted things to play out, I was like, okay, so basically I'm giving up Pitts. So I could get Najee or I could get Javante and Pitts. I was like, ah, I just don't think the gap between Najee and Javante is a pit size gap. I don't think there's a pit between them. Ha <laughs> ha. You get it? Yeah. I mean, I just didn't think that was that was a, a worthwhile deal, so so I didn't get it done. But anyways, I mean, I love Najee, but I just think there, you know, there, you could have made other moves there. Okay. At three, 
I took Kyle Pitts, and I'm giving this a D. So I was I was back and forth all preseason about Lance or Fields, and and really the thing that swung me and started to say, okay, I think I like Lance. I think I like Lance a little more than Fields. Number one is having Ayuk and saying, okay, if I believe that Ayuk is a stud and could be a alpha receiver, and I can get his quarterback, and they're paired up for five years, I mean, that's ginormous potential and then number two he's just on the better team he's he has such an easier time to succeed like a better line better weapons better defense like it's just gonna be so much easier for him than fields who chicago is just a shit show and i'd look at it and you know my my comps for them was i said lance reminded me of cam and fields reminds me of deshaun watson and i mean like yeah, and, and in more ways than one, he reminds me of Deshaun Watson. Not that he's a sexual pervert, um, and not that he's on Devin's team now, but like the bigger thing was that, you know, I'm like, oh man, I don't know. He's got, you know, he, he could go that route where by the end of the rookie deal, he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Nothing's going right. They're changing my coach. They, we, we emptied out the cupboard. They have no future picks because they kept moving them to get a tackle who's not going to play this year. Get Fields, get Trubisky. It's like, they've really emptied out the cupboard. So that was my concern there. So I kind of just chickened out and said, Hey, I'm going to let the fates decide. Like I'll let Nikki or whoever he makes a deal with, make the next pick. I was pretty sure it was going to be Devin. He was going to take fields and I would get Lance. And I was okay with that. And I said to myself, I don't know, maybe Nikki really loves pits. And there is a chance that at four, he can't get a good deal done with Devin is like, fuck it. I'm going to take pits because I know that, you know, say I took Fields or Lance there. He's like, well, I'm going to take Pitts because I know Dan's not going to take a third quarterback, right? And if he wants to deal those picks, like I can get in the mix for that deal, but I want to get Pitts. I don't know. There was a small chance of that. And he even admitted to me if anyone would have been Chase. But I just think Pitts is such a game breaker. And I know it didn't make sense to people because I already have Mark Andrews. But, you know, Mark Andrews is a good player. But when I look at Pitts, I'm like, don't tell yourself, don't look back five years from now and say, I remember when I didn't take Kyle Pitts because I had Mark Andrews, who's not in the fucking league anymore. And Kyle Pitts is the greatest tight end of all time. Like, or not the greatest because he's not a great blocker, but the greatest receiving tight end of all time. So I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't pass him up. Now I give it a D because I I did not realize had I known, okay, for sure, Nikki's going to get the deal done and known that Billy wanted to move up for Mac Jones. I could have played this so much better because I could have taken Lance there, let him take fields, gone to, uh, gone to Billy to deal him Mac Jones and make the same deal I already, I did. And then gone to Nikki and say, Hey, I'm going to take Zach Wilson unless you jump up a spot. Maybe Nikki would have called my bluff and then I take Pitts there anyways. Right. But maybe I could have squeezed something out of him. So from a strategy point, it was all wrong. Okay, at four, we have our first trade. This was originally Nikki's pick, but now it goes to Devin. He takes Justin Fields, and in return, he gives Nikki CEH and two seconds in the next two drafts. And I like that for both sides. I like it a lot. I mean, you know, Nikki was basically saying, hey, I, I don't, you know, I got to get more running back depth. CEH is younger or as young as a lot of the guys in this class, a lot of the running backs anyways, except to be an older class. And he's on the best offense in the league potentially, right? And I mean, it wasn't a great year, but like, think if it was reversed. He had a hot start and then he started to simmer, right? If it was the other way, people would be going nuts, but you could easily say, well, yeah, the other way shows that you're gaining confidence throughout the year. The other way shows you're losing, right? But he was a little dinged up. So let's see what he does in year two. Um, 
And when you think about that class, I mean, the top tier is Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson. There, I said it. Now that Dobbins and Akers are out, I don't think you can really argue that. That's that's how I have it. And in the second tier, it's the guys that are left, which is CEH and Swift. And they're both good players, right? And I think Swift, you know, he Nicky basically had the choice between CEH or Swift, and he took the guy that isn't a murderer. So, I mean, that's that's a good move. And I, and I like that he's accumulating picks. Like, that is the one thing when I was talking to Nikki about this league. I was like, in your deals, just get future picks because they're always ammo. And if you have a lot of rebuilding needs, it gives you future flexibility, even if you don't end up using them or trading them later. It's just good to have. And for, for Fields, that would probably seem crazy to some people, you know, in, in other leagues that haven't played Dynasty for a while. But, I mean, I think Devin knows – it's it's a I mean he's gonna look he could look back in five years and say that was the easiest deal of my life right I mean it's fair value at the time now Devin is taking some extra risk in the deal right but like that's the whole point and he had to do it it's perfect now he is like really in a realm where he could still compete this year because Rogers is back you know um so he can really compete I mean this was a huge move for him so I give it an a plus one of the few A-pluses of this draft. And I love it because at five, I took Trey Lance, which is an A, and we've talked about it already. But now it just is another little thing that me and Devin have against each other. We've gone back and forth so often about, um, you know, uh, we've gone back and forth again about who was the number one, Dante Pettis or Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> that was stupid. This one's real, though. Now we are both like, hey, man. You chose Fields, I chose Lance. That's effectively what we did. I knew he was going to take Fields. So I, when I took Pitts, I knew I was getting Lance. So it was like, we both chose a guy. Let's see who pans out. So I love that dynamic. Okay, at six, Billy jumped up another trade to take Mac Jones. He jumped up from 10 to six to get Mac Jones, and I got his first next year, right? So if you assume that Billy does pretty well, which I, I think is a safe assumption, that's a late pick next year. So that's not, you know, it, it stinks to lose, but you know, if he's going for it this year, which I believe he is, that's not, that's not really a bad move. Um, it's awesome and crazy that I think in the mock draft that I'm going to drop with this, maybe it was another one. I'd even mentioned that, um, that I thought Mac Jones of the three guys that weren't the official starters yet could be the first to start. And it's crazy that Cam got cut and he's already starting. So that's awesome for Billy because he Mac is going to accrue value from day one. I still give this pick. Oh, this is not. This is going to ruffle feathers. I'm going to give it a C plus because I like Mac Jones and I think he can sling it. Now it just depends on what the Patriots do because what's his fantasy ceiling, right? Like Brady is good in fantasy. Like just last night, he had a, a couple nights ago, he had a bunch of fucking touchdowns and still had a great game even with, with whatever. But like, yeah, the Bucks deep, the Bucks got into a shootout. And if Billy Boy just keeps his defense and his run game strong and Mac Jones is a, a, a game manager plus, right? Because he's got a, he's got, better he's got a better arm than most game managers right but he's got elite accuracy and he's not going to be running the ball much then for fantasy he's maybe not scoring a ton of points he's just a solid qb2 forever but he might be the most stable qb2 out of this group right in in the best situation and start the longest so that's okay but it doesn't give you the upside so like there that's why i still had zach wilson ahead of him i'm like i don't know zach wilson does run a little more He's just got like an insane arm. Like he could have kind of a Rodgers type of career if the Jets get it together, but the Jets stink. So that's a reason. And I'm just, 
I can't give every fucking pick an A and a B because it just doesn't make for good radio. Um, but I like the trade, actually. I think the trade was even. I, I don't think it was it was lopsided. I think that was fair value. Um, at seven, Nikki took Zach Wilson. I'll give it a B plus. That's good value. You're getting a starting quarterback at seven overall. But I'm not giving it an A because I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I think I would have preferred you to have Fields or Lance, and then here you're taking... ETN. I know that stakes because ETN's out, but in a vacuum or taking Javonta Williams, right? I mean, I just, I prefer that reality better. And I'm not just saying that because that would have left me Najee Harris. I'm not just saying that because of that, but it's, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, anyways, at eight, Bob took ETN. Obviously, if I could do this today and give it a grade, I'd give it an F because he's injured, but that's not what happened. So unfortunate for, for Bob, that, that fucking sucks and the Jags in general, I was tempted a little by ETN just because of the the, the potential of uh, Lawrence throwing him the ball and having a little stack there. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I figured that Javante, I liked him a little more. That's why I give this a B. But Bob, I think he definitely attacked the right position for his team at the time, which was running back. I think that would have been the biggest help to him from day one. So I'll give it a B for what he, what we knew at the time. At nine, uh, Nikki took Jamar Chase, and I know everybody's gonna hate this one too. I'm giving this a C, and and I always make this mistake. I always end up hating, like <laughs> I hated on AJ Brown, I hated on Justin Jefferson, which I'll never forgive myself because I have him in the best ball league. I loved him coming into the draft and stuff, and I let those stupid preseason reports clog my mind. That was a lesson to never fucking care about those again. And the same thing's happening with Jamar Chase, but that's not why I'm giving it a C. I'm just giving it a C because I'm like, ah, your bigger need was running back, and he might be the best receiver in this draft, but there's a, there's other good receivers late. You know what I mean? And, and you know, we'll get to that. So, I mean, that's where I'm just like, I, I know it seems stupid. You're like, Jamar Chase is such a higher talent than Javonta Williams, but like that's what you need. And I know I just said don't draft for need, but I'm like, we'll also draft for value, right? You know, like if I was, I feel like if I was trying to move Javonta Williams and you were trying to move Jamar Chase today, I'd get bigger offers for Javonta Williams because everybody needs a running back at all times. So that, so, so it's not who's the best player in the backer vacuum. It's like who's the most valuable player in our league. So that's why I didn't like that pick. At 10, I take Javante. That's an A um, because, I mean, I'm getting a potential starting running back late. I think worse comes to worse. He's, you know, Royce Freeman, which would be awful. Um, best case situation, uh, I don't really have a good, like, high-level comp for him that I can think of right now. Um, but, like, mid-case scenario, he's like David Montgomery, which, yeah, I mean, like, what we've gotten from David Montgomery didn't live up to the hype, right? But he went at pick, you know, four in a pretty weak class outside of the receivers, retrospectively. Um, and I mean, Javante's going at 10. So that's good value. I mean, there there, there was a year Devin Singletary went at 10. And we were like, oh, cool, running back at 10, right? So like, that's why it's an A. But the only reason that's available is because of how incredible this quarterback class was. Um, first pick in the second round, Billy takes Devonta Smith. I give it an A. I love Devonta Smith. I've loved Devonta Smith 
actually going back to the Judy and Ruggs' final year at Bama. I remember he had a sick touchdown in the national championship game. I was keeping an eye on him like, ooh, got to keep tabs on this guy. You know, I'm not sure what they're going to do without Tua, but hey, keep an eye on him. You know, even if he fades, remember his name so you can get him late next year. And obviously he did not fade. He fucking won the Heisman and just fantastic. Now, you know, I don't know what's going on in Philly, but they have enough move they have enough capital now where I'm like I think they can turn it around I I really do whether it's with Jalen Hurts or not it would hurt me if it wasn't with Hurts but I still think Devonta Smith is just so good you know can he hold up if he gets hit a bunch I don't know he he didn't really miss many games in college or if any so we'll see but I love him as a talent uh Waddle at 12 overall Nikki took him I'm giving this one a B similar reasoning I'm not in love with Waddle I'm not, I'm not sold that he is Tyreek Hill, and I'm not even sold that him and Tua are going to be like some, oh, they're back together again, you know what I mean? I'm just not sold on it, but, and this is the craziness of our fucking league, is that I'm literally giving it a B because I'm like, I would rather you take in Sermon, and I know Sermon's a third round pick, and Waddle went top five or top six, whatever, top eight, top ten, I don't give a fuck. That's just insane to me. I mean, like, I know that's that's a craziness of our league that I would value them that. But again, you're trying to move Waddle. You're trying to do, you move Sermon today. I'll tell you who I'd give you more for, and it would be Sermon easily. Um, so, yeah, then Billy takes Sermon at 13, and I give it an A. And I was fucking pissed because I was like, oh, my God, Billy, just please be in love with someone like Elijah Moore. Like, please just fall in love. Be in love, boy. Open your heart to love. But he did not, so he took Sermon, so I give it an A. That's always a good pick. You know, when when I'm mad that you took the guy I wanted, that's how you know it's good, because I'm good, so yeah. But that's basically, I mean, yeah, so that was an A. I, mean, I love that pick there, and it's crazy because there's first-round receivers still on the board, but sure, it's like, yeah, but he's like basically the last running back that's worth a damn, um, so yeah, I was going to take him at uh, 14 if you did it. So at 14, uh, minor move, I think I got like a 20, 23 third from Drew to for him to step up and get uh, Michael Carter. And I give that a B minus. Michael Carter, I look at him and I think Devin Singletary. But like I said, that's why I see, see, that's, see, that's what's called a teaser or a callback. See, I set you up for something I would reference later. So your head's already there. Devin Singletary went at 10 one year, and we thought that was a good pick. So you're basically getting him at 14. And so I think for this year, he could prove himself and prove that he has a lot of talent, and maybe he'll be more than a more than a, a Devin Singletary. Maybe he'll be a Naeem Hines or a James White type, where it's like, hey, Zach Wilson loves throwing this guy the ball. They're not going to have him carrying the rock every single down. He's not built for it, but he'll get carries and he will get a ton of passes. So like, yeah, that could work out very nicely. But I give it a B minus just because I like some of the receivers better, like his teammate who I took at 14, Elijah Moore. I give that an A. I I mean, the best case scenario, Elijah Moore is Antonio Brown. I would literally come myself, which I've never done before, um, if that were to happen. I mean, he's just so shifty. Uh, at the end of the day, I, that's it. I need an SEC team. This is official. Go Rebels. I'm a fucking Ole Miss fan, and I'm not afraid to admit it. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Elijah Moore, wide receiver, you. And guess what? Matt Corral is going to win the Heisman, baby. Let's go. So I'm an Ole Miss fan now, so I give that an A. 
uh, at 16 overall. Dave makes a trade. He gives up Miles Gaskin for Julio and Bateman. I'm going to give that a C plus. And I, I don't, I didn't like this for, a, well, look, I, I think it's good that Drew got Gaskin. And I, I see like the name Julio comes up and everyone's like, holy shit. But like to Drew's point, he's like, I've been trying to move Julio and can't get a second round pick for him. No one will give me anything for him. And I get that. It's a weird move where it's like Julio is perfect for a, for like, like if you don't, if you don't need anything else and you're like, I, I just need like one quality flex, right? I don't need a running back or a receiver. He is a perfect piece for that. Cause it's like, you, you have him, you know, maybe this is the last year, second to last year, who knows, but like, he's going to give me some production this year. But if you need a running back, that's a different story. You're like, oh, I kind of need him. And, and the thing about Julio is that that's the thing is like, he has more value this year than people want to trade him for because they know it's a short-term rental. And there's that thing in dynasty where they're just, people are like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not dealing for someone who I don't think is going to be playing for the next three to four years. So yeah, it sucks. So like his value is depressed and you're kind of selling at a low, right? I mean, if he rips off a couple big games, maybe Dave will have some buyers, you know, right before the playoffs, but who knows? I mean, everyone kind of knows this might be towards the end. So that's what's tough. So, but I get it. You get in Gaskin, that's good. Now at the time, and and Bateman, this is what's so weird about is like at the time I was like thinking, well, shit, I do like Gaskin for Julio straight up or, or Bateman straight up, right? But then you think about it, and now I look at Bateman, and I'm like, we knew he was injured. And I, I can't remember at the time if they're like, oh, he's ready for week one, or he's going to miss, like, multiple weeks to start the year. But, like, he's on IR. He can't come back for three or four weeks, start the season, and has had basically no time with Lamar. So that's where I'm like, you know, Dave, you're a winning, you're, you're like, all in, dude. You traded Mahomes to get more running backs, like, you, this is your year, dude. Like you need to attack and Bateman is not going to do anything for you. Not that there were a lot of guys left that could have. Well, no, I think the next two could have done more for you. I mean, at least early on, maybe towards the end of the year, we're singing a different song, but it's like, yeah, this Jordan Love, Kyle Trask, they're burning a hole in your roster. They've, they've got no place on a guy who's all in, right? That's 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 why I give it a C plus. So like um so like I like it for Dave that he got Julio. I think that's the better thing for him. So I like I think the trade is okay. Like I, I still slightly put it in Dave's favor, but the pick itself I'm giving a C plus. At 17, I took Terrace Marshall, A minus. Kid looked like a stud in the preseason. He's built like an alpha receiver. Spoiler alert, because we're gonna talk about him later. I've never been a fan of DJ Moore, and I don't know if you guys can remember that, but he's been moved a couple of times, and every time he's moved, I end up liking whoever traded him away more um, because of that, right? I just, I, don't, I'm, I haven't been a fan. I never bought in. So I think Terrace Marshall, and I know they just extended Robbie Anderson two years, but like, it's a front-loaded deal. They can get rid of him at any time. I, I, I see Terrace Marshall has a path to be like the most impactful receiver on this team. So I'll give that an A minus. It's just I don't know what the fuck they're doing at quarterback. I really don't know if Darnold's going to work out. And they're I feel like their offensive line is going to be so bad. And then they're going to say, oh, we didn't have a great year, but Darnold was under duress all year, so we can't really evaluate him. So let's give him another year and use a top pick on a lineman, and then just be like, you know, you could have just had Justin Fields. Like you could have. You could have just had that and had this solved, right? And then next year, taking a fucking lineman. Like, you really didn't need a corner. I mean, you did, but who gives a fuck? 
Like, just don't be stupid next time. At 18, Rondale Moore, I give an A to Drew for taking him um, because I like Rondale Moore a lot, and he is one of those guys. It's like, dude, he is built like a running back. He could get carries, so that's nice because Drew was looking to pick up, uh, you know, get guys that are getting the ball in their hands more. Not a traditional running back, but like a Swiss Army knife, so that's awesome. He's a ton of talent. He, he, I mean, he, he has a big potential. I just, I don't know if I totally trust Cliff Kingsbury to bring any creativity to that offense at all. But if he does, big things for Rondale Moore. At 19, Kellen Mond, I'm going to give it a D, not because I'm salty, because I was hoping he would fall to the third round, which I was, but the statistics on guys in Kellen Mond's situation aren't great. They're not fantastic, right? I mean, it, it's it, if you're a third round quarterback, right? You know who's coming into a situation where a guy where you have where your clearest path to start is in year three. Most of those guys just never start by then, or they get a chance and it doesn't work out, right? So it's a long play. Clearly, the Vikings were thinking about Justin Fields, according to a report. Like they wanted him. So they're definitely sort of out on Kirk Cousins and all the vaccine stuff. I mean, I think they, well, Mond isn't vaccinated either, but like, I think they're kind of like, dude, you're just really fucking pissing us off. Like, I think their patience with him is growing thin. You never know in this league, he could get traded overnight. I like that. But again, I'm like, I don't know what kind of impact Mond is going to give you for a year. Like, we, you know, we, he's kind of, Jordan Love was a first round pick and still hasn't started. And ask Dave, what the price on Jordan Love is, right? Because it's like, you can't drop him, and now you've lost roster flexibility. But it's not like Matt had the deepest bench anyways, so maybe he feels like, oh, I do have a spot, I'll wait for it, and then I have another chip, right? I just don't see the impact now, so I'm giving it a D. And then at 20, last pick in the second round, Bob took Kadarius Tony. I'll give it a B. Uh, I didn't love Tony, and it seems like that's basically everyone else's opinion except the Giants, and he's injured and COVID and all this stuff. Like, not a great start to the year, but this was a first-round pick. He's an athletic freak, and this is the last pick of the second round. Take him. Take him. This was the easiest. In all my mocks, I had Tony going to Bob at 20 because I, I knew that people would be down on him, but I knew Bob would, would say, I watched this guy play. He's good. It's pick 20. I'm taking him. So, yeah, I love that. Um I'm not going to give grades for the next round because, like, I mean, come on. We're, this is a crapshoot. But just to talk about him, like, um, so Bill takes Diami Brown and at 21. Nikki takes Ramondre Stevenson at 22. And Billy takes uh, um, Amonra St. Brown at 23. So let me say something about the two Browns that Billy took. I love those guys. In the third round, I was targeting those two guys and Josh Palmer. If they weren't available, I wasn't interested. So... And Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel starting the year on IR. Oh my God, he's already the number two receiver. Well, watch the name Diami Brown. Watch it. If you have a very deep, very deep um, regular season or redraft league, get him. Think about it. I'm telling you, he's going to make an impact early, especially against a weak Chargers secondary. I don't know. I kind of like him in DFS too, just as a flyer. Maybe just put a little sprinkle, just a little taste, a little bit. So it's a fun lotto ticket. Just think about it. Um, and St. Brown, no one else is there. I don't think he's anything more than a big slot guy. You know, he's Juju at best, uh, which is, I know, they went to USC. But what, But literally, look at him. Watch him. They're, they're, they're the same. But he's Juju at best, which we got a little over our skis on, but that's a, that's a good slot receiver in the NFL. 
Um, and he's the only one there. So you you know you think, hey, he might get a lot of targets and, and get a bump up in value uh, early. Ramondre Stevenson for Nikki. This is a good pick. I love Nikki's strategy here. You know, he takes Hubbard at 25. He takes Gainwell at 32. He's just getting every every running back out there, right? And I think Ramondre has a path to get goal line carries. Hubbard's got a path if McCaffrey's hurt. Gainwell's got a path if they don't love Miles Sanders or he becomes sort of what what he could be. I loved him out of Memphis. He was so fun to watch. So like um, just crazy explosive. So yeah, I, lo- I love that move. But again, if I'm, if I'm looking at Nikki's draft and I was making a strategy, I would have rather load it up at the top with those guys and then take the flyers at receive, load it up at the top with running backs and then take the flyers at receiver later. Um, but I, I liked it. I liked that he did he did attack running back. So he's got some depth there now. We'll see how it works out. At 24, Dave took Kyle Trask, which again I don't I don't love because I don't I don't love that for his roster necessarily. At 26, I took Palmer. I told you I was targeting him. At 27, uh, and and I like that a lot. I'm like this is Mike Williams last year. Maybe he has a huge year with Justin Herbert and they re-sign him. I don't know. I don't see it. I don't, I don't think this is just the year that Mike, Mike Williams just fucking goes off and they're like, oh, we have to resign this guy. I think Josh Palmer is the wide receiver too by next year, if not midseason. And it's Justin Herbert. Uh, at, at 27, Eskridge. I refuse to believe in Eskridge. I'm sorry. Maybe that's my Lockett fandom. I felt the same way about DK Metcalf. Maybe this signals the end for Tyler Lockett or the beginning of the end, but I just I don't believe in him. Billy took him there. At 28, uh, Bob took Amari Rodgers, who I like. And I mean, are we really like totally off on him because Aaron Rodgers asked for Randall Cobb back? Like Randall Cobb is busted. I famously said two years ago when they got rid of him and he was on Dallas, that that was the dumbest mistake. I was like, he needs Randall Cobb out there. Your fucking MVS and AS, ESB and all these other guys are not good. Like, he needs him. It's too late now, though. He's he's too old and he's busted. I still like Amari Rogers, And I'm telling you, he could hang around. He could hang around. At 29, uh, Matt took Des Fitzpatrick, who's already been cut. No one's picked him up, so that that didn't work out. Uh, 30, Devin took Tyrod. Again, good strategy of saying, hey, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, Tyrod is um, a starting quarterback, and Fields isn't starting yet. So you hope that he starts just enough games to last you until Fields comes in. Uh, at 31, Drew took... Uh, Davis Mills, which I like that too, because, you know, whenever Tyrod's not starting, it's going to be Davis Mills. Uh, we talked about Gainwell. Uh, Billy took Firemuth at 33. I love that. I couldn't believe he felt fell that far. I was thinking about him at 26, but considering I just took Pitts and I have Gusecki and it's like, okay, too many, too many. Can't, can't do it. Got to take Palmer. Uh, at 34, Devin took Tyrell Williams. Um, I can't remember if he got cut from some, some receiver on the lines didn't make it. So if it was him, them bad pick. If not, again, same logic. It's like, okay, well, can't be that bad, right? I mean, you basically, you, you know, you have a chance of being the only show in town. So all the research department looked that up, and then we'll get back to you before the end of the show on that one. Um, at 35, I took Adam Troutman. Yeah, I don't love this pick. I mean, he got hurt in the preseason. I think that hurt him in general, not high expectations. And when I look at my team and I'm like, oh, I need another defense. Oh, I need another kicker. Oh, I need another head coach. He's kind of a, he's a target of saying, okay, I, I think I just have to drop this guy. Like I, you know, I, I wish in a world I only had, um, I wish there was a world. Let's see. Oh, he's still on the lines. Okay. Still on the lines. He didn't get cut. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Brashad Perriman. 
Yeah, I probably. So good pick. Um, but like, you know, in another world where I didn't have all the tight ends I do, where I didn't have Gesicki, right, where I only had Pitts and Andrews, I'd love having Troutman as my third tight end, but like having four is just just too many. At 36, Dave took Xavier Jones. Yeah, with the Sony signing, you know, not crazy about it, but it's a flyer. I was surprised he didn't take uh, this guy at 37 that Matt took Tutu Atwell. I don't believe in him at all. I think he's too small, but, I mean, we'll see. Uh, at 38, uh, Nick took Cornell Powell. He's on the Chiefs, and he was good at Clemson, decent at Clemson. I mean, that's all I could say. The Chiefs don't really have many other good options, so he could be better than Miko Hardman. Sure, why not? Maybe. Um, at uh, 39, Devin took Jacoby Myers. This could be a huge steal. I've been getting Jacoby Myers or, and no, not and, but or Nelson Aguilar in a lot of leagues. I'm like, hey, if Mac Jones slings the ball, why is no one taking his receivers until round 13? None of his receivers. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know they have a good defense, but come on. Um, at 40, Drew took Nico Collins. I like that a lot. I mean, he's the only, he's, they, they made a serious move to get him. And I think Harbaugh has just fucked every Michigan prospect. And a lot of them might be better than we think. Um, you know, then he took Tylen Wallace, you know, he's, it's okay. He's, you know, on the Ravens. I'm not even going to talk much about these, but then the rest of the draft went, uh, at 42, Matt took Ian book at 43, Nick took Larry Roundtree 44, Drew took Le'Veon Bell, who's on a roster, baby. He's on a roster, and I'm sure he's available. At 45, Matt took Harrison Butker. 46, um, Nick took Frank Darby. They didn't really have many picks, so this is kind of where they ended up. Uh, at 47, Nick took Chris Evans, who I like, actually. And I'm, I'm a little worried if Joe Mixon gets hurt. I think Chris Evans is, it could, could, could really steal the show. And then in the supplemental draft, because we did add a bench spot, um, Nate took JV on Hawkins. I don't think he made the roster. Um, is this? Oh, Nick, Nicky, Nicky took uh, Hunter Long, which he's injured, but that that could be something. I took Amir Smith Marset. I, I just think he's going to be better for football than fantasy. Um, but I think he does have wide receiver starting wide receiver two three potential. Um, Billy took Marquez Callaway, which was yeah yeah. If you're doing this again. Uh, I think Billy might have taken him at 21. <laughs> might have taken him at 21 overall. So, yeah, that, that worked out big time. Um, Devin took Brandon McManus. Dave took Dawson Knox. I think just for a meme, just for a laugh. Uh, Matt took Alan Lazard. And Nick took Donovan Peoples-Jones. Kind of surprising he was even available there. So that was the draft. Um, it was a great time. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know that I, it took forever um, to do. I had fun. I took up a lot of the time personally, so I felt personally responsible, and I felt bad for, like, Capelli, who's like, hey, I came here to drink and party, and he's like, oh, you guys are just going to draft and, like, talk trades for 12 hours. It's like, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, next year we're going to definitely try to do it, like, a Saturday and, like, do that first and maybe, like, start the draft early and tell anybody else that wants to come, hey, why don't you come, like, uh, four or five hours after we start? Then we'll probably be partying uh, because by the end of it, everyone was exhausted. But anyways, I had a great time. A couple other trades went down and just want to talk on. So Nate did not want his picks. He didn't have anybody to drop. So because of that, he moved them. So obviously, just to say, okay, he basically gave up um, Diami Brown and Amonra St. Brown for a 22 second. 
So, I mean, yeah, I like I like having both those guys more than a 22 second, obviously. But if you're not going to pick it and you're going to let it go to waste, you got something out of nothing. So that's 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 a good move, right? If you don't think if you didn't have roster space for those two guys and you're like, hey, I have two guys on my bench, I prefer to them. Then you got some for nothing. That's great. That's great. And then same thing. Trask and Mills ended up being his other his other two slots, which he got for two thirds, a 22 third, a 23 third. And I, I like that for Nate again. You, you definitely weren't going to keep those guys. I mean, he's got a ton of quarterbacks already. So there was no room on your roster for them. You wouldn't even need them. And so, yeah, basically, I like that for him. He gets something out of it. And Nate sneakily got a, a, a nice handful of picks in future years there. Um, the other deal he made was DJ Moore. Um, and he got him for the price of Henderson, Chenault, and a 22 third. So yeah, like I said before, I don't love DJ Moore, but I think everyone else thinks that's a fair trade, especially after Sony is now on the Rams, right? But I think at the time, you could have squeezed a little more out and got more for Henderson. So, and I love Chanel. But anyways, that was it. I'm looking forward to the season. We'll try to hear from me soon. We'll see what goes on. I'm not sure how often, but we'll try to be back um, for some more fun later. And I'm just ready to win it all. I'm ready. It's time. It's my year. My year. It's mine. And before we go, I'm going to play you a video I didn't actually get to send, but I made the day of the draft. It's really funny. So I'm going to play that at the end right now for you. Bye-bye.